Lightning Strikes Thrice is made possible by our patrons. Patrons such as Christian Finkbeiner and Alex on Earth. If you want to prove your worth to me like they did, you can become a Patreon at patreon.com slash pitchdrop for as little as a dollar a month. We appreciate them and you if you patronize us. Would it be patron? What? Because you said call it, if, you patri- uh, if you become a Patreon on No, Patreon. you patronize her. You patronize us. Please patronize me. <laughs> oh, what do you think everything about our interactions counts as? You are listening to Lightning Strikes Thrice, the JRPG Games Club podcast that redes. Mm, nope. Oh, this is the old notes yeah, now. The jokes. This is the old notes. Okay. God damn it. You can't blame me for <laughs> that. That. One is, that one is my fault because the patron thing isn't in the beginning of the other one. Uh-huh. You- <laughs> I did this on, on G Gundam also. <laughs> the laziest way. I didn't even notice you had it switched back yet. Oh, God. You are listening to Lightning Strikes Thrice, the JRPG Games Club podcast that knows how much power you get from internalizing the weeb. This is C. <laughs> That's what my wife said. This is season seven, episode <laughs> one, covering the Milshin conflict flashback in Xenosaga episode two for the PS2. I'm your host, Chris Taylor. My pronouns are he, him. With me today is... Sybil Arnett, she, her. Ryan Beatty, they, them. Matt Marcus, he, him. It says guest here. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, there was going to be a guest because I'm an idiot and I'm bad at calendars. Nothing <laughs> happened last time, so we're not going to do that. So we're going to start the video game now. <laughs> Hooray. Sybil, mm. take it away. The cold open kicks off real hard with an unknown ship appearing above a planet as news reports are covering violent realian outbursts. The splash screen specifically shouts out the synth company Korg. So, shouts mm-hmm. out to Korg before we go on too much further. Yeah, Korg. Do rules. they? <laughs> they make they oh, make yeah, good product, yeah. and they actually have a lot of various consumer level products, including a yeah. very good DS synth. I know them as the makers of that app my child keeps playing with on her iPad that drives me insane. Mm. Oh, gadget? I don't know. Whatever one they gave away for free at the beginning of the COVID. Oh, I forgot <laughs> what it was. COVID. Uh, but yeah, no, Korg is great because they were ahead of the game on bringing back analog synths. That was cool. Yeah, and and as Sybil mentioned, the uh, the the DS synth cartridge is fucking sick as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want a very good intro way with modular controls via the touchscreen, delightful. Yeah, get it. In real time, as we watch the events of the ship arriving in orbit, we hear the broadcasters receive a tip off that. Only realians made within the last two years or who received service in the Milshin star system are at fault. And as they begin reading off affected model numbers, the broadcast cuts to a baby Helmer. Have you ever gone back and watched uh, 
the thing or they live and looked at Keith David and gone, holy shit, you're so young. That's what you do with Helmer right here. Mm. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's just because they redesigned his model for this game, not because they made a young Helmer. <laughs> Jeez, that's true. Ah, fuck. This is the Milshin conflict, and we are watching a red-headed Reallian suit up for combat. His name is Kanan, and he's a model who's been configured top to bottom by Vector Industries, whose CEO personally assures them he won't malfunction or say any secrets. I hate him. He's, he's not cool. They, like, they want us to think he's cool. No, he's so bad. Uh, literally, when, as the second that he popped up on my screen, I actually yelled, who is this bishy fuck? <laughs> he is such a fuckboy. Yeah. I will note that in the Xenosaga DS retweaking of the plot, uh, Kanan shows up earlier in the story because he's supposed to have been around this whole time. He is actually who saves the party from Albedo and his ES at the end of the game when it turns out you can't destroy that thing. He shows up, uh, fights him one-on-one, -on -one, and the party escapes. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, cool the ES robot. Asher is great, and good news, you will get to pilot it. Kanan is the guy, kid with all the cool Super Nintendo games who you hate otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> we are back in time 30 years, so yeah, that tracks. Uh, his co-pilot, entering mid-briefing, is Chaos, who helpfully reminds us he is no ordinary human. I hate him now, too. <laughs> his voice actor is one of the biggest downgrades in this game. Oh my he's, god, he and he's tall. Yeah, <laughs> and he's he like he he sounds like like stoic angsty teen now instead mm. of like weird huggy cult leader. <laughs> yeah, it. Mm. <laughs> we need to discuss. Chaos is taller, and it's not because of anything other than when they were doing the new art style, they couldn't think of how to make anyone look the same proportions as one and work in this art style. So everyone just grows a foot from Momo to junior to chaos to random reality and girls. Momo's fine. Cause Momo's a robot. You could put new <laughs> legs on a robot. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, the weird thing about uh, like chaos, like did they like the original design, he kind of had like noodle limbs, mm -hmm. right? Like they were very like mm -hmm. thin and long and now they're kind of chunkier. Is that just, Oh, me? he was twink city. Yeah, yeah, he was Mickey Mouse as fuck. He had big yeah. hands but tiny arms. It's uh yeah, he <laughs> PS2 Yaoi. Um <laughs> you know, that would be Clamp and then he'd be like taller than Ziggy. Yeah. Um like it just it, maybe maybe uh gravity has just gotten stronger in the last 30 years and that's and that's why uh in this flashback everyone's longer and then everyone shrinks down as gravity gets better <laughs> oh when the udu popped off the gravity got strong and made him small <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah when exactly. milsha gets sucked into the void it's just gonna suck a foot off him yeah <laughs> <laughs> quentin tarantino style Ooh. Uh, oh no, I just imagined a Tarantino directed Xeno saga and I don't like it. He definitely he oh, definitely sucks the foot up. Oh yeah. Cosmos feet. Just Momo, Cosmo wiggle your Oh big no, no, toe. no 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 no. Cosmos has like built-in heels. Like she doesn't have feet. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Cosmos doesn't have toes. Momo though. Oh, she totally uh, has toes. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna clip that out later. <laughs> Chris coming hard. That. Chris coming hard out against Reallian toes. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely the problem with it, not the fact that it's a child. Interesting priorities, Matt. 
The okay, two like, pilot into Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> just pushing ahead. Yeah. Uh, abort, abort. Um, <laughs> Sorry. The two pilot into Kanan's craft, our introduction to the E.S. Asher, and their briefing is such. Make their way into the Milshan conflict, protect and rescue as many URTVs as they're able to, If and if they can, hack UTIC's mainframe and retrieve the sought-after Y data. Um, there's also a little bit here uh, where... Chaos is clearly working for Federation Special Forces here, and he details that URTVs were designed to cut off UTIC members from their power source. That comes up when they get to the ground. Oh, okay. My bad. Um, never mind. Yeah, it is in here. Okay. Um, so, so they burn through a few of their weapons on descent and decide that with unmanned drones everywhere in the sky, they'll make their way to the target on foot where the buildings will provide decent cover. We also learn here that chaos is just a new type. Like, this cutscene is pretty sick. Like, there's a lot of good choreography in this, uh, you know, for a mech fight. Anyway. Oh, 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 the part where he closes his eyes and then shoots through all five of them at once. Hell yeah. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> he only gets four with the final shot, and then he impales well, yeah, the but fifth then he on the gun. blows up the other guy. Yeah, yeah, that fucking rules. <laughs> the, so this is where like the 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 young dev team seeking to prove themselves like actually totally works because they're like oh we heard that there wasn't enough wow cool robot moments in the first game so we're just going to front load this wow cool robot moment yeah. immediately in our, in our game about robots yeah yeah right <laughs> there were occasional cool robot moments in xenosaga episode one but they were few and far between I'm being set up to be hurt really badly by this because this whole opening sequence is cool as fuck. Yes! <laughs> yes. Also, you have to realize this is some pure wow, cool robot war is bad shit because in the first game, most of the cool moments were explicitly war crimes or had human casualties. Yes. And this is just... Thank God there are these unmanned drones. Look, I'm sorry that technicals are cool. Just because they do war crimes doesn't make them not cool. No, right. guys, Van Belsar stand. Chris Taylor. Noted saying ISIS ch- gun trucks are cool. Chris Taylor. Yeah. That's what a technical is, buddy. <laughs> yep. I, I just love the idea of the whole, like, it's pulling an X-Men uh, cartoon of, they're not human, so I could actually fuck them up this time. Mm-hmm. I could use my claws. Or is there a garage? <laughs> but it's like, uh, look, fuck these guys. Like, they're terrorists. Kill them. <laughs> right? Yeah, they're, 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 they're hardline, apocalyptic, religious, cultist terrorists also. No, no, no. The, the UTIC half aren't. We're going to find that out later. <laughs> Oh well. My shit. favorite thing about yeah. this is you know that there's like some front end developer who programmed the flight patterns on these UTIC craft because there's no reason they have to make sick geometric shapes, but they do. <laughs> <sighs> it's sacred symbols. Is it? Mm-hmm. No, no, it's okay. not. No, no, it's not. <laughs> They're fucking around. I'm just checking. I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. Look, they they didn't trace out the like Sephiroth or anything. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's that would have been incredible. <laughs> uh, anyway, 
they uh, they make it to the ground, and at this point, Chaos lets slip that the official story that Helmer told the two isn't the full one. The uh, URTVs were deployed before the Reallian revol- revolt began uh, because this isn't quelling riots. Uh, it's the side effects of a UTIC versus Federation skirmish that turned a Cold War hot. Oh, we forgot to talk about it, but the news, um, the news segment up top at the beginning is cool mm-hmm. as hell. We discussed it in detail. Mm-hmm. Did we? Yes. No, mm-hmm. I I have the first two notes that are all about everything until Helmer cuts it off. Oh well, okay. Well, it is cool. Give me some bloody credit. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I was busy highlighting some of these notes. <laughs> All right, so the goal is that the URTVs are supposed to kill the link between UTIX tech and the device powering it, which is the Zohar. And unfortunately, the URTVs aren't robots, and this is a risky move. Even worse, the system itself has infinite power and tends to either kill or drive insane anyone who interacts with it, including perhaps the URTVs. Thus, a super realian and a non-human are writing a god robot to save as many uber kids as they can. That is the TLDR. Why? Why the fuck did you design the URTVs to have sapience if that is such a risk to the whole reason they were designed? They didn't need to have human brain souls. Well, we're going to find out why over the course of this game. Because okay, we because better. the Udu. Well, that is right. that is the part that is not being spoken by anyone right now. But yes, yeah, it just it yeah it. I'm glad that there's a justification for it because it seems so nonsensical. Like uh, this this one weird trick could doom us all, and it's why it's how we designed them. Ryan, I hope you like so many flashbacks to URTV school. <laughs> Fuck. Hell yeah. <laughs> gotta go talk hang, gotta Wait. go talk to funky student at URTV school. Funky student is Albedo, uh, Sybil, Chris. Is there... <laughs> it's it's oh quiz God. time, Rubido. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, is there a school festival? Please tell me there's a school no. festival. There's confetti. <laughs> I don't want to take Momo to the festival. Hooray. That can't be good confetti, can it? <laughs> Uh, anyone who knows one of the scenes that's changed in this game is screaming at me right now. (laughs) So, it's at this moment I get very mad because the song of Nephilim goes off and it's more musically interesting than the thing I had to listen to for four hours. (laughs) Very different. At this moment, Kanan has some psychic feedback with the song of Nephilim, but um, stifles the connection when Chaos basically talks him through it and manages to remain sane. So, at this point, a bunch of the um, Federation... Is the Federation mechs, right? I don't actually know. They say that every side in this conflict is out to get you, so it's kind of indistinguishable. So, when the Song of Nephilim goes off, after Kanan recovers, a bunch of nearby mechs start shooting at the Asher, and the Asher has to do a bunch of sick dodges, and the like. the foot animations on it spinning around are incredible. Very cool robot. And then suddenly a nearby soldier who appears to be unaffected reads their IAF signal and um, recognizes them as an ally and saves them from the assault. 
They all disembark from the Mecca in time for another assault where the guy just pulls out his fucking katana and chops the robot in half vertically. <laughs> it fucking rules. And then it turns out to be yeah. Jin Uzuki with his gross lips. <laughs> uh, Chris, if you color Jin Uzuki red, he's basically what I look like now. Hair, face, and all. Yeah. Incredible. You look like a PS2 model now? Yes. At this point, Jeruzuki joins our party in slot two. Uh, so it's just him and Chaos for the next phase of the tutorial. Who wrote this fun fact? Me. Then read it. Fun fact. Five of his seven skills to begin with have Blade in the name because he's that much of a stereotype. It. It makes perfect sense for him because Jin Uzuki is real. Like, while you were studying the blade, I was studying the blade energy. We're literally going to find out who he studied the blade from by the end of this dungeon. It's incredible that, like, he he was such a weeaboo, it gave him superpowers. Yes! (laughs) And it pisses Um, his sister off so much. Jin, I went to college. I read books. I left home. It's so funny how much we <laughs> dunked on him the whole time for being a weeaboo, and then he fucking rules, it turns out. Yeah, Jin is, <laughs> yeah. Jin is one of yeah. my favorite characters in this whole series. Yeah, Jin is sick. <laughs> he just comes off like a fucking clown, and that's what's so funny. But he's 1,000% mm-hmm. sincere the whole time. True. things i noticed the first is that it's incredible because uh basically everything that all that that both the asher and jin's mechs do to fuck up the enemies look effortless and then by the end of the cutscene, they're all still like smoking and collapsing uh anyway and then um also like all right if jin and chaos I'm sorry to go cinema sins on this first episode, just straight out the gate. But if Jin and Chaos worked together 30 years ago, why the fuck didn't Chaos tell Xion that he knew her brother the whole episode one? Because it's a whole Black Ops mission. He was being oh oh right because it's a whole Black yeah. Ops mission. Uh, uh, yeah, they right. don't speak it, any it Russian. It gets worse because <laughs> next ha ha ha. Uh, next episode, it's not going to come up here, but. Chaos introduces himself to Jin as if they don't know each other <laughs> when they're at the restaurant. And I caught that. 
Um, the other thing that I want to point out is- Sorry, you, uh, didn't, you might not recognize me because I'm short now, but it's me, Chaos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the other thing that I want to that I want to note uh, right off the bat is that as soon as Jin and Chaos agree to team up, it starts raining. This game is just trying to convince us about how stylish it is right off the bat, and then it's going to yank the carpet out from under us again and again and again. But like the rain, as soon as it started raining, I was like, hell yeah, shit and yeah! Then it, and then it stops raining, so it can start raining at the perfect time later. Oh, oh. <laughs> <sighs> So we are now in the second phase of the tutorial, which is learning the entirely different battle system for character fights. Oh, they need they need to they need to spread this out farther because I'm like, buddy, I don't think I got this. Yeah, we mm-hmm. we streamlined it last time. It'll come up more when we start doing mech bosses or mech dungeons. But mech fights have an entirely different element and combat system from character battles. But right now they're just like, these are mm-hmm. buttons. You can push them. Look at what your robot did. And no detail. There's like 40 icons yeah. and I don't know what any of them mean. They explain none. Mm-hmm. No, they and really you're don't. tuned to be OP in this tutorial dungeon because it's a tutorial dungeon. And so like you can kind of just sleep through it too. Yeah. Yeah, and like I think most of them don't do any damage to you at yeah, first. Yeah, because an ES mm-hmm. is or like it's so, so much more powerful than a random mook. ESs are straight up. It's a Gundam level broken. Mm-hmm. Um, we we mentioned a little of this last time. Uh, there's the brake system, air down status, boosting and stocks, the new wheel. Anything anyone wants to bring up? What's the difference between boosting and stocks? Boosting. Let you jump ahead on your turn, same as last time. Uh-huh. Characters can have... And it carries from battle to battle? Yes. Yeah, you can stock okay. up to three. Stocks are a per-character thing and can allow you to do bonus attacks. So you could go from, I have two moves to, I up to, I have five moves with one person. And it's basically used once regular enemies start having four-hit-long chains that you have to use. Like, oh, you need to do BCBA. I mean, it's basically action yes. points, right? So, like, those are the, the action points from the last Theoretically, game. I could take 15 actions in a row if I had three boost and five stock on everybody. Yeah. Okay. That is, that is the most. However, the enemy can boost counter, which is a mechanic that is designed just to fuck you. I hate that. I hate the sound of that. It's terrible, yes. Because it has... It's basically there so they can interrupt you in a boss fight or make certain enemies really nasty to fight. I don't want to shout anything out about the battle system just yet because I think the things that annoy me or are slightly interesting will pop up when the battles actually have consequence. But I do want to shout out something on the field, which is that they completely uh, erased the fiction of uh, Shion's uh special rubble destroyer and so now everybody can destroy rubble and it's so much faster and everyone's got their own <laughs> unique animation and so like Jin just hadoukens no. it out of the uh, way chaos uh, which, or sorry chaos hadoukens it out of yes chaos hadoukens it out of the way and it's just it's nice to know that we don't need um a special vector industries like you know destroy it and bring it into the digital realm plugin app gun tablet anymore <laughs> yes, plug-in app, exactly. So you're underselling this. Each character and mech has their own pair of animations for the destruction button now. There's a quick 
smack it aside. Uh, Chaos is his little Hadoukens. Mm-hmm. Jin just does a quick sword slash. And then there's the one for taking out big things. Jin does a whole samurai katana draw that just destroys it. Uh, Chaos oh, charges oh, up. Oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hell yeah. And the mech is usually is like little shot of the minigun or smash down the hand. Oh, the gun! The gun is so cool. I love the gun. I'm very disappointed yeah. when I get the uh, sword uh, one. Yeah. So I, I wonder if they're specific to each. I mean, I know the big ones are definitely different on purpose, but like, I thought that there was like a short distance one and then like a slightly longer distance one, depending on. There is. So like, there's like three different, but they're kind of randomly chosen because you can do the long distance one when you're point blank, which is why I'm like just rolling the dice open to get the cool get the cool gun. Yeah. Like, there's a, what, like, one of the side quests that shows up next episode, you have to destroy a bunch of boxes, and thankfully, they let, and you're on a timer for this mission, so thankfully, they give you, like, the shortest animation to blow stuff up to to do this, otherwise, it'd be, like, absolutely interminable. I love blowing up boxes in Xenosaga. It is real good. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) And it's hilarious, because you go into people's, like, back offices and whatever, and just blow up all their shit, and they don't say (laughs) anything. In Xenosaga 1, you blow up that guy's fucking, like, armoire full of his clothes. R.I.P. that guy. Yeah. Oh, like, here, like, you go into, like, the kitchen of a restaurant and just blow up all of the pots. I will reiterate, <laughs> I've said this before, if you want the mechanical successor to this game, go play Trails of Cold Steel, which has destroy item buttons, side quests where you can do attacks like this, character-specific attack animations with long and short range... All of this stuff is in Cold Steel, and it's a better game. We forgot to mention that when Jin cuts the robot in half, he does the classic anime, only take it an inch out of the thing, and then it explodes. Love it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, segment addresses will return while we're wandering around this area. We cannot do shit with this one yet. There is also a toy store, which we do not have the code to unlock. What if I... It seems very important. Yeah. It, they make a whole thing of this. It's got a big door there's lights all around it unique camera angle what if i told you an entire mid-game side quest was hidden inside a toys r us on a planet about to be consumed by cosmic fire 30 years before the game starts (laughs) fuck off episode is that how i get to that chest i couldn't get to no that's the segment address okay I spent Ah. a long time trying to figure out how to get up there yeah um the segment address i figured you had to go back later Boo. I mean, you saw that in the first game a few times. Yeah, I guess. But also, boo, segment addresses are bad. Well, they're still back, Mm -hmm. and now they have a worse cousin, the Good Samaritan campaign. Xenosaga 2 deserves the segment address. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love how we're all just preemptively shit-talking this game so hard. I know, that Sybil, you have, like, a lot more direct experience with this. I've, I've done three runs of this in the last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but, like, the rest of us are preemptively shit-talking this game, which, you know, it's not explaining itself very well, but, God, these cutscenes are just so sick. Well, and it's because it's cool, and I don't want to be hurt again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to protect yeah. myself from Zeno Saga 2. Uh, <sighs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh. So, there's a new touch. Uh, enemies don't respawn, or at least 90% of them don't. This means that if you want to grind in the game, you have to find very specific spots that break this rule or use the UMN to revisit dungeons. 
on a balance level, this seems normal, but on a ga- gameplay level, like it's just going to piss everybody off. Um, and then you walk far enough and Jin exposits some more. It turns out that he is a hacker man as well as a complete badass. And he's aware uh, that someone exists behind you, Tick, pulling their strings. Is that, the, is that that kid? What's his name? Wilhelm or whatever? Uh, no, he's on the Federation side of that war. Okay. Uh, Jin sees that someone is manipulating the conflict on both sides between the, Me- the Federation and the Milchen system in order to get the Y data and the location of something contained within. Um, the Y data is just the most MacGuffin-y MacGuffin, especially because we know exactly what it is now. We know that it's the location of lost Jerusalem. And so to continue to call it the Y data just to give us a Technobabble MacGuffin is stupid to me. But also Especially it's because anime. at the end of the first game, we and Albedo both had it. We're just not picking up on that right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. So before he can split off and can complete his own mission, a much wimpier version of a recurring threat appears. Mm-hmm. And that is Margulis. Baby Margulis. Less cool than regular Margulis. <laughs> By a mile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's 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 an anime rival now, though, and he, he has a cypher moment, but... but okay. He's, yeah. he's Here's definitely... what's weird about it. Margulis now is like a ninja... He's, like, extremely uh-huh. anime agile and fights with a katana when old Margulis was just, like, a pillar man? Yeah, remember when he was a mm-hmm. tank who tried to solo Ziggy and Momo in a flaming space station? We don't have that anymore. Or at least not yet. Right. This is where we have to make things more anime backfires. Yeah. hmm Yeah. But, uh... There's a save point right before this, so as long as you've uh, saved there, you're probably going to be fine, because uh, this is a tutorial boss, and uh, he's going to uh, rough you up a little bit, but you should be okay getting through this fight. An easy strategy is uh, whoever doesn't take the first hit should move to the position behind Margulis. Wait, you can do and, that? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't oh, yeah, tell there, you you can a, do that. Yeah, you can do pincher attacks on it uh, a lot of enemies, and some some creatures will do this on you. Okay, whatever. Yes. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, it, it gives one of your characters always uh, a chance to attack their back. Although, you know, Margulis can turn around. But then it means uh, the other so, person like, can do that. <laughs> advanced, advanced technology <laughs> of turning around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I think it depends. I forget if the order of turns matter when it comes to the dual attacks. Because, like, one of the techniques you can do here is do an ice dual attack into Margulis's back and do, like, like half his health in one hit. It depends who leads it. Okay. So if Jin is behind him, make sure Jin starts the combo. Yeah. So you could do a lot of damage to him really quickly if you're, you know, paying attention to the uh, to the mechanics here, or you looked up the mechanics in a guide. <laughs> but about halfway through the fight, he puts up break guard and uh, like really reduces the amount of uh, physical damage he takes. And this is also where you learn that attacking from behind ignores break okay. guard. Or you just do very little damage for a long time let's, like I did. Let's talk about that in a little more detail, just to flesh out. We mentioned this in passing last time. Ground battles have the break system, wherein your attacks do A, B, and C. If you do a specific combo on a specific enemy, and if you get this combo, it will record on their character, so it'll just always go, do B, C for more damage. 
you shatter their guard. It's sort of like a prototypical FF13 stagger system. While they're in that mode, they take more hits. Break guard is a status that will mean you can't do any of this damage to them from the front. It's mainly a boss thing. But you can do breaks to them from behind? Yeah. I guess I am vulnerable to being kicked in the back of the knee also. Yeah. Uh, What I will say is that it's nicer. The system is nicer than it sounded because you at least have a visual indicator of when you hit a reek point in the right slot, like playing mastermind, basically, because the um, zone letter shows up red. I'm pretty sure also that there's a that's one of the first level skills you get is remembering these. Yes, you only have that if you unlocked a skill. Oh, don't you have any of the tutorial? Um, I believe Jin comes with that one unlocked. Chaos does not. Okay, well, that's how you can see it for now. Yes. This fight also teaches you a real asshole move. If a boss has a finisher, you have to kill them on the turn before the the multiplier panel so that when they get off their dying shot, the the skill up panel is active. Yeah. Yeah. Similarly, having the party pincer attack keeps that final move from killing you, where he drops a pillar on one side of the battlefield. Got two people on both sides, he can't kill you with his dying breath. I just kind of lucked out, I guess. Yeah, it's it's not a guaranteed kill, but if this one has been rough on you, it's very possible that he can just wipe you with his final move and nobody wins. I was extremely bad at this boss fight. <laughs> I did not realize you could move, so I just kind of kept doing basic attacks at break guard. It took a really long time, but it was fine. Like, like I didn't find this one, you know, I was trying to tinker around and do something a little bit more complex, and it took me a while to get the um, the dual move to work because I wasn't quite sure what I was doing yet. And for the most oh, part, dual like, as in two. Oh, just ended up. Yes. Got it. Dual as in two. Uh, and, uh, yeah, no, the duel comes after <laughs> with the duel, of the duel e. move. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, but like, and the damage that Margulis puts out wasn't like too nasty, but I also like kind of lost track of it and almost had, uh, hope die. Hope. But it was fine. <laughs> he does have he, uh, hope. Did I say hope? He did. <laughs> he, did. he does have extreme Chaos. hope. Jesus, I don't know why he hope was ex- on my brain. Because he's like uh, hope and lightning yeah. returns. <clears throat> you know, uh-huh. it's very true. You know, you know what it was. Uh, so I somebody recently uh, shared a drawing of hope, and so I had hope on the brain. I love hope. Oh. Hope <laughs> and chaos should team up. Okay, so just little white-haired <laughs> Moppet squad. Yeah. Yes. I I, yeah. I I gotta say I gotta say this because uh, it's not going to show up anywhere else on this podcast. But I've been sort of slowly reading the Final Fantasy Thirteen light novels. And there's a line in the first 13-2-1 that says, uh, hope will never be a child again. And I just <laughs> cracked out laughing. Just like, Are you kidding me? You're the scenario writer. You made that change. <laughs>
So when you finish this battle, 90 seconds of sword fight, I counted, go off with Jin and Margulis unleashing <laughs> full anime on the rooftop. It rules. Again, it's great. The, the cutscene directors are just big dicking it this early going, look what we do in this engine. Mm-hmm. Margulis pulls a kill bill and says that Jin is a fool, just like when he killed their master. <laughs> this causes both of them to shoot anime lasers at one another. <laughs> oh, I was so excited by this. That was awesome. <laughs> Margulis <sighs> shot Jin. Jin did not shoot Margulis, which you can't tell for a moment because he blew his eye out of his skull. Instead, he shot the ground under Margulis, collapsing the whole half of the building he was on and sending him tumbling into hell. At this point, wounded and now on Utic's shit list, Jin hands his fragment of the Y data to Kanan, and before he can say what he downloads from it, a black shadow emerges in the distance and everything cuts to static, and a game asks you if you want to save. And absolutely, because I got stuff to do. <laughs> uh. Oh, I love his dumb cyber cuff that he has to unplug the floppy disk from. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's really good. Uh, oh, also, uh, the one cool thing that Margulis does before the boss fight is he does destroy a tower with uh, with anime. Oh, thunder. yeah. So he, de- ha- yeah, he debuts by making lightning strike his sword and crushing a statue above them with it. It's sick. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah, so 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 half marks for for young Margulis here. So if you're keeping track, our elemental party members are Junior is fire, Chaos is ice, Jin is uh shadow, and Margulis is lightning. Is Margulis a party member? No, never. Okay. Well, you you did you and Momo is heart. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is is. Bow. <laughs> but but as in the uh the hunting weapon not the staff or the character on shira who also has a heart right that's <laughs> part of the design it is really weird that momo becomes a very powerful physical attacker momo has the same thing where her stats break like yuna's summons do in ff10 because if you put strength into them it scales massively. Uh, Momo has a similar glitch. Into it. Do we have any other thoughts on the opening besides how sick it is? Unless we want to talk more about how sick it is. The uh, the music's great. We haven't really talked about it much. I mean, I'm going to be dropping some of it in here, so you'll hear it. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it's so funny to hear so much music still. It, I haven't gotten used to how not, eerily silent this and game this is, is the yet. place where it would really fit with the empty streets amidst the carnage but yeah just they all didn't. the gunfire sounds in the <laughs> silence would be good yeah it would be yeah. the only time it would work yeah <laughs> instead i know right instead it's just like it's 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 really going for it i love hosoe great composer for sure one of my favorite things is fake news footage. Like, that's my favorite part of, like, Shaun of the Dead or whatever. So, really into this opening. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to comment on the dungeon design overall, because tutorial dungeons are their own thing. But this, like, 
one thing that Xenosaga Episode 1 had going for it, it was way too slowly paced, but the dungeons were, like, clever and interesting to explore and often had a lot of mechanical secrets and nooks and crannies and shit like that. Um, this was a this was a murder hallway where you Hadouken some rubble out of the way. Again, it's just a tutorial dungeon, oh, but, like... It had a chance for a thing I would like and then made me mad, so the only point the dungeon could have been interesting, it wasn't, which is when you come up where two ramps form a single highway you can't go down the other one i went tried to go down there to look for treasure and you can't go there i was like fuck you bullshit mistake (laughs) put a treasure down there i want to go down there wait till we go to the toy store no yeah i i look forward to seeing how many of you all do the side quests in this game because they are going to get stupid (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I still have my original guide, like Brady Games guide, so I'm just going to use that. <laughs> you should. Yeah. So, if that's it, um, do we have anything we want to share with the listeners? Yeah, Boku no Stop, both the free and premium version for uh, patrons. Uh, we are doing Monster for the free one. We are still doing G Gundam for the premium one. They are both a lot of fun <laughs> in very different ways. <laughs> The other day I drew, drove by a place called Dutch Brothers Coffee and they have a giant windmill as a logo and I thought about the Nether Gundam. <laughs> uh, rip to the Nether And I explained that to my he, wife. And he just gets owned I explained twice. that to my wife and she says, oh, why do you like this guy? He sounds like a chump. And then that made me mad. Because <laughs> <laughs> he is a chump. He, he dies in like back-to-back fights in the show. I, but I love him. <laughs> Is this where I'm supposed to tell about the DBZ own? No. This is, okay. this is like how my child's favorite character is Krillin. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> uh, Krillin would be a solid bro, but, you know. We simp for jobbers in the Taylor household. I have a website, and you can find anything I work on at hellscaper.com. You can find some music that I make at uh, SoundCloud, at Catastrophizer, and a band that I'm in uh, in Bandcamp called uh, Canon and DeFerrin. Uh You can listen to the only good podcast that I am involved in uh, by visiting our Patreon for a dollar a month and listening to Lightning Strikes Thrice Extreme. It's this podcast, but about Final Fantasy XIV, the MMO. Get owned, Matt. Uh, <laughs> it's... Uh, it's <laughs> It's not really like this podcast anymore is the <laughs> yeah, funny thing. No, it's not. <laughs> it's like how this podcast used to be. Yeah. That's all until next time when we'll be talking about fleeing Utic in the skies of Second Milsha. Peace out, fuckers. See ya. Farewell. Bye. Let's wrap this up. My cat puked on the carpet.